of the Lord. Thank you for that high energy level of the Holy Ghost. In John chapter 3 and verse 30, I simply want the first three words. He must increase. Speaking of Jesus, he must increase. That's what we title it, and you may be seated. The Lord bless you. 
Can you imagine, and I, if you have the Holy Ghost, you can. You do more than imagine, you know what it's like to have Jesus come into your life. When he came right up to different ones and said, drop what you're doing and follow me. And he began to be on the increase in their lives. Suddenly, days that were spent doing other things, now they were a part of him. They were following close to him. They were going places that he would go, and they were doing things that he would do, and they were avoiding places that he avoided, and they refrained and abstained from doing things that he refrained and abstained from doing. And as they continued with him, that being a key word, continued with him, his, his way of thinking, his knowledge, and even his power begin to increase in their lives. The Bible teaches that, of course, there came that day when he taught them that he would be leaving. And they, of course, begin to wonder, how are we going to do without him? And after that he was crucified, they were walking around in circles. I know some people that do that once in a while. And uh, the Bible teaches that they had a very sad way of talking to one another, sad communications. And he appeared in the midst of them, and he began to talk with them. And he more or less upbraided them for having a hard heart, for being unbelieving, for not remembering the things that he had told them. And, of course, when he vanished out of their sight, they realized that that was Jesus that was just here. And how great that was and how it made our hearts burn, how it just fired us up that he was right there in the midst of us. There was such an increase of him among them after that period of time, that interval when he was taken away from them and taken to Golgotha and crucified. But now he's not only buried, but he is risen again. And he is showing himself alive with many infallible proofs. And the scripture teaches, of course, that he sends them, above 500 of them, to the upper room in Jerusalem. And that repentance and remission of sins is to be preached in his name among all nations, beginning there at Jerusalem. And he told them to wait there until, don't get anxious, don't get impatient. Don't run off on your own ideas and your own steam. You wait there. You tarry there until you receive the promise of the Spirit, which I have told you about, taught you about, promised you. And so, for 380 or so, that wasn't enough. They could not believe him. They could not take him at his word. They could not follow instructions. They had to go and join themselves up with other people doing other things, and yet claiming it's the same thing. Whereas about 120 faithful, obedient, submissive, humble people went a little bit further down the road as per instructions, not deviating. They didn't stop one street short. 
they didn't go right when they were supposed to go left. They gathered together in that upper room of the church house. And of course, they the first 24 hours went by. And after a while, it was three days. And each time it was seeming like it was longer. And the devil was coming around, you know he was by experience. And telling them it's not going to happen. You're wasting your time. You're spending too much time with this. You're too involved with this. There are other things to be doing. And so, when that seventh day, when the, or in other words, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the 50th day after the Passover, signaling that it was the day of the ingathering of the first fruits of the harvest, when that day came, according to the plan of the Spirit, there came a sound from heaven. Russian mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting and suddenly nobody was thinking about doing anything or going anywhere else. Nobody was looking for the exit. Nobody was their mind traveling in other directions and thinking about other things and unattended to business because Jesus was truly in the house. There was an increase suddenly of his presence and his power and his glory and the house was filled and so were they with the Holy Ghost and with fire. They began to speak with other tongues or languages as his spirit gave them the ability to do so. Jesus must increase. Very profound words inspired through that man, John the Baptizer. When people were coming around and saying, hey, you know, you're not doing as much as him. He's doing more than you. And they begin to say things that would try to drive a wedge, try to make them think that they should be doing something else somewhere else with somebody else. But his answer was, he must increase. He must increase. I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about him. I'm locked in on him. I know what this should be and it should be right and it's about him. He must increase in my life. He must increase in my daily walk. He must increase each and every day. I want to lose my life in him that I might gain my life in him. He must increase. Of course, they came out of that upper room witnessing and telling everybody, Peter chosen of the Spirit to stand forth and preach the first sermon on the first day. And none of the other 11 apostles were envious of that. And as Peter brought forth the word of the Lord, he then gave the plan of salvation to every person that was under the sound of his voice and for generations to come, right down to here tonight, when they cried out, those people, and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter, by the Spirit, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, you can read that in nine different translations, but it's going to come out the same thing. You ought to be baptized in Jesus' name, and you ought to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you can obey it 
one way or disobey it nine translations wise. Because it's right there. It's right there in the book. Inspired of the Spirit. It didn't end there. As you move through the book of Acts, the 28 chapters, and no amen at the end of that book, you're reading the history of that which you have been baptized into by one spirit into one body. And you read about how they went forth and they witnessed to people and they prayed for people and they believed God and Jesus was on the increase. The Bible teaches that the word of God multiplied. It was on the increase. Things were happening. Things were growing. And it went out and reached worldwide. And of course it drew many arrows of opposition and much criticism and much division of thought. There were people who downed it. There were people who doubted it. There were people who fought against it. There were people who had many negative things to say. But you see, there was a people that knew that Jesus must increase, that he's got to be on every street corner. He's got to be in every residential area. He's got to be on every job. He's got to be in every country and in every continent. we got to bring Jesus to people. You never know when somebody gets the Holy Ghost like the eunuch down in the desert gets this baptism in Jesus' name and heads back to his country and begins to tell people... You just never know where a seed is going to go and whom it's going to affect. But Jesus must increase. Bottom line, Jesus must increase. <laughs> Many apostles were, or shall I say, some of the apostles were inspired to write, and these became part of the Word of God. One of them was the Apostle Peter. And he wrote first and second Peter. And in his second message here, I would like for, to read to you just a, a little bit here. <clears throat> Let it be, begin right with verse 1 of chapter 1 in second Peter. Simon Peter, a servant. That's a, I notice he put that before he put he was an apostle. He put a servant. You might want to think about that. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith. Didn't say anything about 36 different faiths. He said it's a like precious faith, and it's precious. You have the same thing. That's exactly what happened when the 10th chapter of Acts is recorded that he came by the Spirit to the Gentiles, to people who were not Jewish. He gets there, and they are filled with the Holy Ghost after he preaches a two to three minute sermon and he says they receive the same thing we receive for we heard them speak with tongues and magnify God and then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus must increase he must increase they like precious faith the light gift that we did. They received the same Holy Ghost that we did. They spoke in tongues just like we did. Baptized in Jesus' name just like we were. And we are. And he said in verse 3, according as his divine power hath given you might want to note that word because it's going to come up again. He hath given unto us things. He puts good things in our lives that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these, that means by these precious promises, these exceeding great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God saves us. He delivers us from things. And beside this, verse 5, giving all diligence, you have to pay attention to this. You know, it's kind of like paying attention to is there any oil in the motor? Is there any water in the radiator? Is there any gas in the tank? Is there any air in the tires? You, you, you want to be diligent on these things because it's no fun running out of gas in the middle of nowhere. No fun running out of gas anywhere. But if you got to do it in your driveway or at the gas station, okay, that's the better of the lesser of the evils. I'll grant you. But, you know, we really don't want to run out of gas because it can put dirt into your fuel system. And so he said, giving all diligence, you're paying attention. You're, you're not neglecting this. That would be the antonym of that word diligent, would be a neglect. But you're paying attention. This is important. He said, giving all, not some, but all diligence. This is a challenge to us here. An admonition and a challenge and a, and a directive and a commandment to wake up and do this. He said, add to your faith. I want to tell you, we want to be doing things that increase Jesus. We don't want to be subtracting. We don't want to be diminishing. Diminish not. We don't want to let this thing become less. We want to add. If we're doing the basic things, the basic services, the coming together in the name of the Lord and worshiping and praising, we don't want to diminish that. We want to, if we're going to do something else that's good, we do it in addition to. We're not going to cut something good out to go do something else. You've got to stay with the ABCs. You've got to stay with the sure foundation. You don't break what, need, what doesn't need fixing. You don't take out what is integral, what is necessary. So besides he said all this, he said giving all diligence, add, add. There's a lot of things I like to do connected with the church. Of course we want to door knock. And of course we want to teach Bible studies. And of course we want to try to put out the nets through radio and many other ways to win people. We're constantly on the move to do that. That is a consciousness, a part of us, because we want Jesus to increase. And the more that he's increasing in our lives and in our consciousness, then the more that we carry that burden, we bear that cross daily, each and every day. We're not far away from him. He's increasing in our lives. We're thinking about him pretty much 24-7. He's on our minds. We're thinking about church. We're thinking about the word of God. We're thinking about winning souls. We're thinking about people getting baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. We're thinking about healing people that are sick. We're thinking about the lost and the dying out there. We're thinking about there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. There's the chapter and verse. There's the word of God. There's these exceeding great and precious promises. There are all of these things. Jesus is on the increase in our lives and should be. 
should be. Well, just as they came to John the baptizer, and just as they tried to say their snotty little things, their little things that sometimes they cover with humor, they laugh when they say them. All the while trying to diminish, trying to cool you down, trying to drive a wedge. One preacher said one time that a guy, another preacher who was visiting church just exploded. People were shouting and worshiping and speaking in tongues and it was just that kind of service and that time and God chose it. And there were people running around the aisles. There were people dancing in the front. It was just a wonderful Holy Ghost. People were playing before the Lord. and God was entertaining. God was uh, refreshing and lifting up and encouraging and renewing and many other such things. And this one preacher leaned over to the pastor and he said, you know, he said, you might want to calm them down a little bit. And he looked at him and he said, no. He said, I'm not going to do that because it's been too long since I've seen him do it. I don't want it to become too long. I'm glad that God knows how to balance things. Some people think if there's a move of God that that's the way it should be every night. Some people think that if I knew I saw one guy one time and God happened to use him in a certain way and from that point on every time he went to church he thought he ought to be used that way. Let me tell you, you are boring. God is not. My God knows how to do it just right. He knows how to balance it. He knows how to make it have its good effect. It's effectiveness in your life that will increase Jesus in you and in those you interact with. We want to add in addition to I want to I want to do things to reach people and help the church to grow of course but I I'm not going to cut out I'm not going to cut off our nose despite our face we're not going to have less church we're not going to have less prayer we're not going to make it to where you don't go to church anywhere between Sunday to Sunday there's no service sorry you know you stay home and we'll just you know come over there and give you a little home teaching thing or we'll send a little DVD of us and, or a little CD and you can listen to it. Rather it be a CD than a DVD in your home. But anyway, send a little something over there. We'll drop by, you know, bi-monthly and we'll give you a little something. We'll throw you a little something your way. No, 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 no. You see, we're not going to diminish our involvement with him. We don't want less of Jesus. We want more of Jesus. We want to congregate together. We want to gather together. We want to come together in the name of the Lord. I don't want less of that as the days grow closer to His coming. I want more of that. You want excitement. You want enthusiasm. You don't want to be distracted. You don't want to be pulled away. You don't want people who are shrinking back like shrinking violence and you become a part of that. No. You want to flex your Holy Ghost muscle and say I've got more of Jesus and I'm going to get more of Jesus and I'm going to come together in his name that's the manner of the spirit that we're involved in we're not going to calm down we're not going to cool off and we're not going to let you throw a wet blanket on us neither you know many denominations we were happened to be riding on a main artery and there was a, a building a school for the blind you know church of so and so uh-huh. Anyway, I'll give you a cue there. Anyway, I want you to miss your line. That's your chance to laugh. And uh, had a big yellow sign on this white building and announcing it like it was the greatest thing in the world. We will now 
only be having one service a week on Sunday mornings. One. Light the fireworks. Blast the trumpets. Shoot off some cannons. Great thing to be excited about. That we've diminished down to just one service a week. That's not Jesus on the increase, church family. That's Jesus on the decrease. And that's not what the scripture said. He said he must increase. That's an imperative. He must increase. It is a command. It has got to be. He's got you. If you're going to grow, then he's got to be growing in you. Your involvement with him, your enthusiasm about him, you're, you're coming together and gathering together in the proper manner, in the proper spirit, because you love him, because you love everything about him, because this is for real and it's not fake and phony, because you know you. And if you slack, if you shirk, if you, re, if you begin to shrink back and diminish, that you're going to go back to the vomit. You're going to go back to the old lifestyle. You're going to, you know, I often say, if you cancel service or if you cut out services, what do you think people are going to go and what is it you think they're going to do? I want us to gather together in his name as much as possible. I want us so much the more. That's right, brother. So much the more as you see that day approaching. And that's the problem. Some people aren't seeing the day approaching. Some people are getting blinded to it and oblivious to it, and their hearts are waxing cold. Their love has gone cold, and they're not realizing what all is going on around them in the midst of a very frigid world. The world is worried about global warming. I'm more worried about the frigidness and the ice that is taking over people's hearts, and they're getting harder, and they're getting harder. I'm telling you, though, there are people out there that are needing to touch, and they want to touch, and they want Jesus and they may not quite know it yet but we can guide them to it but we got to have it going on if we're going to win them we got to be about the business of our father amen, amen. so if we're going to enter into spiritual aerobatics if we're going to try to put some extra things that are a little more advanced maneuvers, then you better remember you do that from a sure foundation. You don't weaken your foundation. Even Jesus said when they call, call, spoke out and they said, uh, he cast, his, their criticism was all, he casts out devils by, by Beelzebub. He uses the devil to cast out the devil. That's what they criticize. Boy, they can come up with some really weird things, can't they? And that's, I'm sure, how Jesus thought about it because he said, hey, Satan cast out Satan. He said, how shall in his kingdom stand? <laughs> kingdom divided against itself so fall. And everybody went, Duh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, why didn't I think of that? Well, that's what happens. People don't think, they get blinded. And it, it affects their thinking. And then people find themselves sitting at home and involving themselves with things that they with that time that used to be given to Jesus and now it's given to something else. And that enthusiasm to go and congregate and worship and praise and magnify, that that suddenly, that time is given to something else. We want to do things, if we're going to do advanced maneuvers and we're going to employ other ways of doing things, we're going to remember that those things are going to be done in addition to. We're not going to cut out the good and the necessary things to go try and do some other things, okay? Because you're just entering, you're going from a very weak standpoint and a very weak 
posture and you have just messed yourself up completely. I want to tell you something. You don't want to get there like the guy that outran the other guy. Whatever advanced maneuver in running that he used in racing, he got there first, but he didn't have the message. He had nothing to say that would help anybody and would advance the battle in a favorable manner. Oh, the other guy, he came in a little later, but he had the message. He had a burden. He did things right. He didn't take any shortcuts. He went the right way. He ran lawfully. And when he got there, he had a message. He had a message. Let's remain standing. But we're going to do anything. We're going to do it in addition to. We're not having any cutbacks or downsizings when it comes to the things that have to do with Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, I'll say it again, and my pastor taught me, you lose your worship, you will lose your God. And we don't, I don't want to come to a church service where everybody's sitting on their hands and their mind is on 7,000 other things and they can't just wait to race out of the place and go do something else. Then you might want to cut the something else off so you won't be thinking about that, that you'll be glad. You know, they say, why is there so much harvest overseas? You know why? Because they don't have all the distractions. That's why. you got to learn to live with prosperity. God gives you a good job. God gives you a raise. God gives you benefits. God gives you life and strength and good health, you be the one that comes back and worships and says, thank you. I want more of you. Jesus is saying, hey, that's a big deal to you. I got so much more, so much more. Let's get Jesus on the increase. He must increase if you're going to survive and if you're going to save others. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let us worship him. Come on More of them. More Don't power. need less of them. I want to add. More of you in my life. I want to add more of his glory to my life. More of his more strength to my life. More power. I want to be a red hot Holy Ghost filled person. Yes, I want to be balanced. Sure I do. I want to be in the in the battle. I want to be in the fray. I want to be on the front line. I want more of him. More of him means less of me. He's dying to my flesh daily. Dying to fleshly impulses. Cutting off voices that I don't need to hear. That'll turn me in wrong directions and head me away from that outpouring of the Spirit. I don't want to replace or supplant Jesus with a program. I want Jesus. to be entertained. I don't need to reach out to the world and mimic what they're doing. Counterfeit things. Try to copy what they're doing. I want to follow the originals. I'm not bored. Excited. My God is creative. Come on now. Lord, more love, more power, more of you in my life. 
ideas from Hollywood, Nashville or New York or Paris. Let's get our thinking from the Holy Ghost, from chapter and verse, from inspiration of God, from prayer. and they're substituting so many things is because they've allowed Jesus to decrease so they reach for other things and those other things are no message those other things will not work they never have worked and they will not work Acts 2.38 John 3.5 one God and all the good teachings from Romans to Revelation we're not going to diminish we're going to add we're going to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to add, in addition to, going to build upon the right foundation. Going to strive lawfully.